0: This is the Bible in year, day 235. Trust God to do it His way. I sometimes wish I kept more of a diary. I am glad that at least I have recorded some of my prayers. Alongside the words of today's passage, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you, I have jotted down some of the seemingly insurmountable problems and situations we have faced over the years. It's amazing and wonderful to see and have a record how God has delivered us from so many of them, in his own time and in his own way. Being reminded of God's ability to deliver us increases our faith that he can do it again. God really is powerful. In fact, God is all-powerful. He is omnipotent. You can trust him. From Psalm 102 But you, Lord...
1: Sit enthroned forever. Your renown endures through all generations. You will arise and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. For her stones are dear to your servants, her very dust moves them to pity. The nations will fear the name of the Lord, all the kings of the earth will revere your glory. For the Lord will rebuild Zion and appear in his glory. He will respond
0: to the prayer of the destitute. He will not despise their plea. Trust God to answer prayer. Prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscles of omnipotence, as Charles Spurgeon famously said. When you see the problems in your life and in your nation, What is your first response? As the psalmist looks out at the mess that the people of God are in and the fact that his city is in ruins, his first response is to cry out to God. The psalmist extols God for both his power and his love, declaring his greatness. You, O Lord, sit enthroned forever, and his compassion for Jerusalem, for her stones are dear to your servants. Her very dust moves them to pity. As I look around at our nation today, I see that so much of the church is in ruins. But God has the power to rebuild his people in this land. You can be confident in the power of God to answer your prayers. It's not that you can control God's power by your prayers, but that God is always active in the life of his people and his world. He attends to the prayer of the wretched. He won't dismiss their prayer. Lord, I cry out to you to rebuild the church in this nation. Please send your Holy Spirit upon us again and on our nation, I pray. New Testament from 1 Corinthians 15 But someone will ask, How are the dead raised? With what kind of
1: body will they come? How foolish! What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow... You do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as He has determined, and to each kind of seed He gives its own body. Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another, and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another, and star differs from star in splendor. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, The first man Adam became a living being. The last Adam a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural and after that the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, the second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth, and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly
0: man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. Trust God to Resurrect The loss of someone we love is very painful, and facing our own death can seem frightening. This passage gives us a new perspective on our grief and our fears. When the New Testament speaks of the love of God, it usually points to the cross of Jesus. When it speaks of the power of God, it usually points to the resurrection of Jesus. It was his incomparably great power that raised Jesus from the dead. Here the Apostle Paul speaks of how that same power will raise your body also. He uses the analogy of a seed of wheat. It does not reach its full potential unless it first dies and is buried. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. There is continuity between the seed and the wheat, although the two look quite different. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, you can trust that God will also raise you in his own way. And that will be far better than anything you can imagine. To the skeptic who asks, What does this resurrection body look like? He replies, If you look at this question closely, you realize how absurd it is. We do have a parallel experience in gardening. You plant a dead seed. Soon there is a flourishing plant. The dead body that we bury in the ground and the resurrection body that comes from it will be dramatically different. He points to the huge variety in God's creation, which, incidentally, suggests you should not try to be like anyone else. God made you uniquely you. It's all right to be different. Diversity is good. You'll notice that the variety of bodies is stunning. Humans, animals, birds, fish. You get a hint of the diversity of resurrection glory by looking at the diversity of bodies, not only on earth but in the sky, sun, moon, stars, all these varieties of beauty and brightness. And we're only looking at pre-resurrection seeds. Who can imagine what the resurrection plants will be like? He goes on, This image of planting a dead seed and raising a live plant is a mere sketch at best but perhaps it will help in approaching the mystery of the resurrection body. But only if you keep in mind that when we're raised, we're raised for good, alive forever. The corpse that is planted is no beauty, but when it's raised, it's glorious. Put in the ground weak, it comes up powerful. The seed sown is natural, the seed grown is supernatural. Same seed, same body, but what a difference! from what it goes down in physical mortality to when it's raised up in spiritual immortality. The resurrection body and the spiritual body are the same substance, though the substance is transformed. Resurrection is creation ex vetere, from old, rather than ex nihilo, from nothing. The plant comes from the seed. Our current bodies will not be replaced with new bodies, but will be transformed into our resurrection bodies. Jesus was still recognizable to his followers with some help. There was continuity and discontinuity in the resurrection body. Jesus could walk through walls, but still eat fish. What happened to Jesus will happen to you. You, like Adam, have a natural body. One day, like Jesus, the second Adam, you will have a spiritual body. Just as we born the likeness of the earthly, so shall we bear the likeness of the heavenly. Lord, thank you that just as Jesus died, was buried, and raised to life, so too through your power we will be raised and have a spiritual body like Jesus. Old Testament from 2 Chronicles 18-21 to So the
1: king of Israel and Jehoshaphat king of Judah went up to Ramoth Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will enter the battle in disguise, but you wear your royal robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. Now the king of Aram had ordered his chariot commanders, Do not fight with anyone, small or great, except the king of Israel. When the chariot commanders saw Jehoshaphat, they thought, This is the king of Israel. So they turned to attack him, but Jehoshaphat cried out, and the Lord helped him. God drew them away from him. For when the chariot commanders saw that he was not the king of Israel, they stopped pursuing him. But someone drew his bow at random and hit the king of Israel between the breastplate and the scale armor. The king told the chariot driver, Wheel around and get me out of the fighting. I've been wounded. All day long the battle raged, and the king of Israel propped himself up in his chariot facing the Aramaeans until evening. Then at sunset he died. 2 Chronicles, Chapter 19 When Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, returned safely to his palace in Jerusalem, Jehu the seer, the son of Hanani, went out to meet him and said to the king, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Because of this the wrath of the Lord is on you. There is, however, some good in you, for you have rid the land of the Asherah poles and have set your heart on seeking God. Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, and he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim and turned them back to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. He appointed judges in the land, in each of the fortified cities of Judah. He told them, Consider carefully what you do, because you are not judging for mere mortals, but for the Lord, who is with you whenever you give a verdict. Now let the fear of the Lord be on you. Judge carefully, for with the Lord our God there is no injustice or partiality or bribery. In Jerusalem also, Jehoshaphat appointed some of the Levites, priests, and heads of Israelite families to administer the law of the Lord and to settle disputes, and they lived in Jerusalem. He gave them these orders, You must serve faithfully and wholeheartedly in the fear of the Lord. In every case that comes before you from your people who live in the cities, whether bloodshed or other concerns of the law, commands, decrees, or regulations, you are to warn them not to sin against the Lord. Otherwise his wrath will come on you and your people. Do this, and you will not sin. Amariah, the chief priest, will be over you in any matter concerning the Lord. And Zebadiah, son of Ishmael, the leader of the tribe of Judah, will be over you in any matter concerning the king, and the Levites will serve as officials before you. Act with courage, and may the Lord be with those who do well. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 After this, the Moabites and Ammonites, with some of the muniites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazon Tamar, that is, Engedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard, and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it, and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name, and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. But now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt, So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Baniah, the son of Jiel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite, and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow. March down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah, and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld, Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked towards the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing, and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah, where they praised the Lord. This is why it is called the valley of Barakah to this day. Then, led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lyres and trumpets. The fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. So Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was thirty-five years old when he became king of Judah, and he reigned in Jerusalem for twenty-five years. His mother's name was Azuba, daughter of Shilhai. He followed the ways of his father Asa, and did not stray from them. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. The high places, however, were not removed, and the people still had not set their hearts on the God of their ancestors. The other events of Jehoshaphat's reign, from beginning to end, are written in the annals of Jehu, son of Hanani, which are recorded in the book of the kings of Israel. Later, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, made an alliance with Ahaziah, king of Israel, whose ways were wicked. He agreed with him to construct a fleet of trading ships. After these were built at ezion Jeba, Eliezer, son of Dodavahu of Marisha, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you have made an alliance with Ahaziah, the Lord will destroy what you have made. The ships were wrecked and were not able to set sail to trade. 2 Chronicles, Chapter 21 Then Jehoshaphat rested with his ancestors and was buried with them in the city of David. And Jehoram his son succeeded him as king. Jehoram's brothers, the sons of Jehoshaphat, were Azariah, Jehiel, Zechariah, Azariah, Hugh, Michael, and Shephatiah. All these were sons of Jehoshaphat, king of Israel. Their father had given them many gifts of silver and gold and articles of value, as well as fortified cities in Judah. But he had given the kingdom to Jehoram because he was his firstborn son.
0: Trust God to fight your battles. What battles are you facing in your life? Jehoshaphat had his battles to fight. He was facing various ites, Moabites, Ammonites, and Muonites. But with us, as Joyce Meyer writes, it's the fear ites, disease ites, poverty ites, bad marriage ites, stress ites, grouchy neighbor ites, insecurity ites, rejection ites, and so on. When he fought against the king of Aram, Jehoshaphat cried out, and the Lord helped him. We see in this the providence and sovereignty of God. God allowed a random arrow to kill the king of Israel, but protected Jehoshaphat, who cried out to God. Jehoshaphat turned the people back to the Lord. He appointed judges. He called them to avoid injustice, partiality, or bribery. What a difference it would make in the world today if all the judges of the world were like that. In spite of the fact that Jehoshaphat followed the Lord, he walked in the ways of his father Asa and did not stray from them. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He continued to face battles. Just because you're facing battles in your life at the moment, it does not mean you have done something wrong. Sometimes you face battles not because you've done something wrong, but because you're doing something right. A vast army came against him. Jehoshaphat proclaimed a nationwide fast and called together a massive prayer meeting with regional gatherings. He prayed to God. He recognized the power of God. You rule over the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. He recognized, we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. God responded with the words of a prophet. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him as they waited on God. He said, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You will not have to face this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat worshipped the Lord. They praised at the top of their lungs. He told the people in a message that pretty much sums up the whole of the book of Chronicles, have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. They began to praise the Lord, singing, Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Worship is a weapon. As they praised, the Lord delivered them. Lord, I trust you today with the battles I face. Thank you that they are your battles. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are upon you. Pepper adds. In 1 Corinthians 15.42 it says, The Resurrection. Raised imperishable. Raised in glory. Raised in power. Raised a spiritual body. Exciting. Something to look forward to.